My name is Braden Quishan. You're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Hello, you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow, and I'm a sports writer with the Daily Emerald. And I'm Will Campbell. I am a news editor with the Emerald. And in this episode of our soccer podcast, which is still titleless, if you're out there listening we and need, you have a title, we need recommendations. We comment need. with recommendations. But it cannot be copyrighted. That's the only be, stipulation. See, that's obvious. I feel like that's something they should know. So, no footy McFootface. That is the new San Diego MLS franchise. <laughs> Or no footy talk. We thought about doing that, but I think that's been taken. That has a Twitter handle. Yeah. Unfortunately. Welcome back. Yeah. If you've listened before, you'll know the flow of this. Not too long, not too short. We're going to get into it pretty quickly. We're going to kick off with the U.S. Women's National Team. Big news today. Big news today. Labor deal. And in this labor deal, it's... So the U.S. Women's National Team signed a new labor contract saying for five years they're going to have more or less equal pay than the men's national team. And for a long time, that's um, kind of not been the case. That's pretty much the basis of it. It's been incredibly lower. The U.S. women's national team wouldn't get decent pay. By decent pay, I mean really good, I mean, livable pay for winning a match unless it was in the Olympics or in a World Cup. And and even the travel um, arrangements would be so much different between the men's and the women's. I, I've seen pictures of the the men's hotels compared to the women's, and it's just like five-star hotels. Really nice accommodations for men. And then for the women, it's just, you know. Not even that, but like even the charter planes and things like that. Right. It's not necessarily just the hotels and the accommodations, but. But the women's the women are getting more viewers and more actual attendance in their games too, which is. Far more often as well, yes. Right. And so. I, think, I think they have a younger fan base as well, which. Mean which we knew at some point, so it, it would be changed that they would have to get paid more because there is more fandom for the team and that in its own. And women's soccer also is getting much more competitive. The U.S. no longer just dominating every single game they play. They've lost some games and drawn some games where maybe three years ago it's a different story when they won the World Cup in 2015, two years ago there. But so, it's big. Yeah, and so this news of this new five-year contract is is a huge win huge one and what we're seeing is that the contract goes through 2021 and includes increased pay and flexibility for the national team coaches call-ups which is huge news it's good news for the nwsl as well implications mean that maybe players will play in the u.s to get visible for national team call-ups nwsl has lost carly lloyd and alex morgan in the last year to man man city manchester city and leon Mm. respectively now, it was tweeted out by Sunil Gulati saying that this agreement helps to ensure the strength of the women's national team provides stability and growth potential for the National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL here in the U.S., and over time strengthen the elite player development process at the grassroots level. So we can expect the women's national team to improve its quality, and we can expect the, the, and, uh, the women's league in the U.S. to improve its quality as well. So that's just... That's really good news, and, and look look to the future of women's soccer in the U.S. because it is improving. And the agreement being reached was also tweeted out by Carly Lloyd here today, April 5th, 2017, equal pay day, I was told. And I'm not sure if that's an, a, a real holiday. We get a lot of funny holidays, it seems, nowadays. But regardless, it's big. 
it's very big, this news. But that's not just the only news in the soccer world that we're going to touch on. We're going to bring it over to the men's national team. The U.S. went to the hex. That's right. Just got back from Jurgen the Klinsmann, break. Yep. And they lost the first two matches. Bottom of this hex, the six teams, they have ten matches each to qualify. Top three, fourth place team plays against the Asian Confederation's qualifier team in a two-leg game. Last time it was Mexico against New Zealand. This time it might be the U.S. Could be. Because they lost the first two, and no team has lost the first two and qualified from the hex in CONCACAF history. That will probably change. Bruce Arena, the new manager, his first game in a World Cup qualifier with the U.S. Everyone wondering, will Clint Dempsey play? After the heart condition, what's going to happen? He scores. He scores. Not just one. Not just two. But a hat trick. A hattie. <laughs> a good old hat trick in a 6 nothing defeat against Honduras at Avaya Stadium How about in that? San Jose. That was My a hell word. of a performance. And Sebastian Legette gets himself a goal, oh, wow. but then he gets hurt, he gets and injured. he's now out four to six months. Huge loss for the LA Galaxy and the U.S. men's national team. Just when he started to really come into the player that everyone had expected him to be when he went to West Ham as a young player, young American player, and he scores in his first time playing at Avaya Stadium, his hometown of San Jose, in front of his home crowd for the U.S. men's national team, his first goal in a World Cup qualifier, and then he gets hurt instantly later, after. After a terrible tackle. Instantly, yep. And I was texting you in that game, yeah. and, and where were you again? I was in California, and where were you? I, <laughs> I was in Puerto Rico, um, so that was fun. <laughs> and I was uh, texting you live updates from that match, so yeah. yeah, that was interesting. I was at a hockey game. I was watching on a cell phone. I used my father's cell phone to watch that one. That was a, that was a fun night. But then they went to Panama, and Panama has antics. They have fireworks outside of, sta- outside of team hotels. They did it to Mexico. They did it to the U.S. in this case again. Right, and that, and that the last time they played in a World Cup qualifier in Panama, that didn't go too well for Panama. They thought they were through, and the name Graham Zusi—that's the ghost in Panama, as put by the newspaper there. The ghost returns was the headline. That's right. And the commentator there says he says that the, he says the name Zusi very quietly, and of course you have to play Graham Zusi, and that's exactly what Bruce Arena did. But the result was a little different than last time—a one-all draw. That's right. And that wasn't that wasn't too great for the morale of the U.S. men's national team. But I don't know. Um, I think it is. You think so? Because Panama City is so difficult to play in in the first place. Concacaf's difficult. I think Pulisic looked really good in both games. He playing in Panama after playing on per- perfect turf and fields and in, uh, in at Dortmund and the Bundesliga in Germany, and then he goes and plays in Champions League games and at, against Real Madrid and plays on these beautifully laid out grass. I mean. And then he goes to play in Panama City. That's a completely different story there. But that's mission accomplished. Bruce Arena said four points, and that's good. And they got that four points, and I think they did it in a good fashion. But big takeaway, Christian Pulisic. The future. The 18-year-old from Hershey, Pennsylvania. He doesn't play in MLS, folks, but that doesn't mean MLS isn't thriving. And if he did play in the MLS. Oh, my goodness. I... I... I hope he stays I, in Europe for a little longer because he is tearing it up at Dortmund. Oh, yeah. And this trend of the U.S. men's national team players coming back to the MLS, I don't I'm, I don't approve of that. What do you think that of was, that? That was a, I don't want to say money grabbing, but it's playtime plus money grabbing plus guarantee of national team call-up. But Bruce Arena, who has been an MLS traditionalist coaching at the LA Galaxy, getting multiple titles. I want to say all five for the Galaxy, but I'm pretty sure it was just four of them. 
Yeah, that would be just four because he did coach the U.S. men's national team back in 2002 in the World Cup, and that was when the Galaxy... Okay, they beat the New England Revolution. That's a little bit of a thinking right there for me. But MLS is a lot different now than what it was then. And Bruce Arena is now coaching a U.S. men's national team. And American soccer players are different now. We're getting a lot of more more dual nationals getting looks in. Absolutely. Yeah. Jermaine Jones, who and was probably the best player in the 2014 World Cup. Fabian Johnson, also probably, arguably, they, they battle each other for that. Copa America, John Brooks, dual national. Sure. And those dual nationals are dominant players for this U.S. team that are vital. Well, and even some of the newer players like like Darlington Nagby just became naturalized. You From know, Liberia. Uh, yeah, so very recently. And so um, we, we're getting a lot of diversity in, in styles on the U.S. men's national team. I think the U.S. also might – would we be surprised to see for the U.S.? It would, would you be surprised? I know I wouldn't be, but Dom Dwyer, who just became a citizen mm. from the U.K., Married to U.S. Women's National Team player Sydney LaRue. I don't know. He tears it up. He does. He does. For sporting Kansas City and MLS. I'm not sure. I think he could. Also with Legit's absence. That's true. That's true. Could be fun, but that's. I think. I think we've exhausted our options on the U.S. side of things. But we're going to stay in the country. I think for this, right. we're going to go MLS. Let's, what let's a weird talk, let's season! Oh. What a weird season! That's so a Portland bro. Timbers fan, though. It's it's heaven. Got a got a great team over in Portland right now. And for um, me, as someone who grew up in SoCal as a Los Angeles Galaxy supporter, it is odd. It is to say and, the least. And Galaxy's sitting in tenth um, out of eleventh place on the Western Conference with a total um, count of one win, zero draws, and three losses. How are you feeling about that? You know what? That's three more points than they could have easily had because RSL, who is below <laughs> them, is hey, a team that could easily beat the Galaxy on any day. Yeah. But MLS is so deep, and I think this shows it. Oh, yeah. And a team like the Galaxy loses a player like Robbie Keane. Steven Gerrard wasn't that good for the Galaxy. Anyone no, he arguing, never really came into form. Anyone who argues that he's a huge loss for the team no. is talking absolute nonsense because he didn't do much. Mm-hmm. And I'll... Go on record every day to say that because he didn't. No, he didn't. And then, you know, you see someone who's 31 years old, comes from a small club called Manchester United, this uh, World Cup winner or something like that. He might win a World Cup for Chicago, according to that one uh, journalist at the press conference, his introductory press conference. Who am I talking about? Bastian Schweinsteiger, World Cup winner, Bayern Munich superstar, went to Manchester United, didn't really pan out when Jose Mourinho became the manager. Mm -hmm. But now he plays for the fire and instant impact. Scores a header on his debut. Yeah, how about that? And any debut goal for a a new player is just, it's it's great for the morale. And um, I'm excited to see what what Schweinsteiger can accomplish in in the MLS. Do you think it's a retirement league? It's, I wouldn't say yes or no, but it's, it's the the trajectory of the MLS is going away from a retirement league and more towards a, a league Even, that I could actually compete. I have heard a lot of people say Schweinsteiger makes it a retirement league again, but no, he's only 31. Mm-hmm. He's only 31. Robbie Keane scored an MLS Cup Finals at 34. Right. right. I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic at 35 well, he's, can come to the MLS. There are, huge, and he can there are rumors that he's going to come to the MLS. He's to, been to linked to the Galaxy. Yeah. Fox Deportes put out a little video, and I think it's deceiving. It's really just some pundits talking about the potential transfer. 
without sourcing anything or saying that it's going to happen. They're saying it should happen. I'll bet money it happens. It made a complete media frenzy. Everyone thinks it's happening. I think it will happen eventually. I just don't think it's going to happen this summer. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is having a good season in the EPL. He still wants a Premier League title. Well, He wants Champions League football. If he doesn't get it, what do you think? You know, if United falls out of that Champions League spot, man, depending on if they can bring in a striker. Mm -hmm. I say they do everything they possibly can to keep him if they can't get another striker. Because Marcus Rashford at this current state cannot start as a number nine striker week in, week out. So should we shift into the Premier League now? I think that's about as natural as it's going to get. It's early in MLS, so we're going to... Kind of push it to the side and save it for a little bit later. EPL action returned this week, so we're, midweek. Yeah. Oh, I love when the international breaks <laughs> in. So we're we're kind of winding down the MLS season here, and oh, sorry, the Premier League season. Yeah. Um, and like Chelsea, eight games to go. Eight games to go. Chelsea's on top. Uh, they have seventy-two points, and they are pretty well and clear of of Tottenham in, in second place, um, which is somewhat expected since the last time we had a. A podcast, but um, I think we said that Chelsea was going to win the title. No questions, we'd bet on it. I think we did. I think that's something we said. Well, we'll have to go check the records I mean, on we that can. one. That's what technology is for. But you know, watching Manchester United and Arsenal yeah, fluctuate do, between fifth and sixth, while right. City, Liverpool, Spurs, and Chelsea all just run away into the Champions League spots, it's kind of humorous. Everton nearly beat Manchester United yesterday on Tuesday, April fourth, but a, an Ashley Williams handball. Led to a Zlatan Ibrahimovic penalty in the 90-30 slots at home, and that's a goal, and it's a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford. The ninth draw of the season for Jose Mourinho's Red Devils at the Fortress of Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a hectic season. And, and, and often, uh, you know, we only talk about um, these top four teams trying to make in the Premier League, but, you know, some of the most exciting football winding down the end of the season is trying to see who will fight for for saving themselves from relegation. And that's where you got to watch because what the what the number that they say that it's said to be is you have 38 games, 38 points will save you. If you look at the table right now, 37 points is Watford in 10th. Or pardon me, is it going Southampton, Southampton in 9th? Folks, the ninth place team is technically not safe from relegation right now. So we have now. 11 teams technically battling Even after winning today. Yeah. Is this refreshed? Is this brand new? This is brand new as of 4.40 p.m. Pacific time for those Pacific. listening Thank anywhere you. else Thank in you. the world. Which we know we have thousands of. We have thousands, don't potential we? Potential viewers. Potential. I think so. But you have... You have Sunderland, Middlesbrough, and Swansea in the relegation zone. West Ham's really walking a thin line here, too, with 33 points. and um, They have to get Only some five wins. points above relegation. They've lost the last multiple. I think what I can see is five. Well, they lost today against Arsenal. Humiliated pretty, pretty by Arsenal. Yeah, that was... That was a... An Arsenal side that hasn't looked good in recent matches, and now I guess that's some uh, mental push for them. But Bournemouth in 13th, 35 points. They came out with a 2-2 draw against Liverpool. Love to see the Cherries mm. perform like that. Leicester City, the defending champions, 11th. So they're no longer as, I think, relegation-bound as they were. They're running away from it. I honestly don't see anyone worse than, I think it's West Ham, Palace, Hull, Swansea, Middlesbrough, Sunderland. That's from 15th down currently. Those are the teams who most likely will get related. I think Bournemouth's safe. Burnley is safe to me. 
I think they have enough players. With 35 points? Who, I don't think at the current state. I think they will be safe when the end of the season comes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think right now they are. Well, they're in the they're in the danger zone. But anyway, let's talk about um, let's talk a little bit about Arsenal and Manchester United. Oh, our respective clubs. Our respective clubs. Um, so let's talk about Manchester Manchester United. We we touched about on it a, a little bit earlier, but um, how are you feeling overall? I mean, Zlatan, he's he's playing well. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a good footballer for well. the age thirty five, playing in the Premier League. But I don't think he needs to be the guy that the spotlight's on. I think people focus too much on Paul Pogba's price tag. I think, I think a lot of just, criticism. There's so much wrong right now that there's it. I don't even know where to start. Well, let's you talk about Luke Mourinho Shaw. for a second. You have Luke Shaw getting criticized by Jose Mourinho, and then Mourinho playing him the very next game, saying he's not good enough to play right now, or he's not. I don't remember the quote. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something along the lines of he's not ready right now. Well, how are you feeling about he's Mourinho as a, as a coach? I think Mourinho's done an okay job, but honestly, want... Louis van Gaal had statistically the same stuff. And as much as a statistic person, stati- statistical person, a journalist is like ourselves, you can't with sports. Mm-mm. Anomalies happen, crazy things happen, miracles. Well, and just the personality of the club is something that's very much desirable from the fan base and the the um, ownership. Um, and if you have a if you have a manager whose style is not very desirable, then that's enough right there to to, to fire and, and replace the coach. And I think there's this mentality nowadays that if you have a brand-new coach, a brand-new head coach, that's better than having a coach that's just mediocre. Just the fact that you have turnover in head coaches is enough of a boost to see a team do that much better in, in the league. Too many managers getting their heads taken off. So we can – that. But- there's a manager, I think, that you're closely associated to. That That's right. Maybe, maybe be gone. Okay. All right. Okay. So it's this is we're talking about. Coven. We're talking about Arsene, Arsene Banger. Okay. So if you want to hear my opinion on this, That's the point. He's been the head coach for 20 years. Um, he's. When's that last Premier League though? <laughs> Well, it was an undefeated season, so that really you're gonna bring up the past. The, the, you're bringing the fact up that it's oh, invincible. you're bringing up the past too. <laughs> of course, but the past for Manchester United was what four seasons? Anyway, ago? my he's not gonna leave until he finds somebody that can replace him and do a decent job. I think it. Eddie Howe could easily replace him right now. That is a good young English manager that knows what he's doing. We're Born not rushing it. He's not rushing it. Well, yeah, so hear me out. Hear me out. He, I want him to. I can be patient. Okay. Okay. Wenger in or Wenger out? I want him out when he wants to go out. I can okay, wait. Okay. So I you're saying Wenger in? I can wait a little bit longer and have him prepare to leave when he thinks it's right and he thinks it'll be best. So for on the his team. terms. Yeah. Which yeah. is what he says is currently what's going to happen. Yes, but I th- expect that to be soon. He, he's he's close to making an announcement about his about his future, and I expect him to announce retirement within one or two years. Okay, so but Wenger in. I say it's Wenger out if I'm an Arsenal fan. How long have you been an Arsenal fan? Uh, zero zero days, right? Yeah. I mean, I only cheer for Arsenal when they're playing like Liverpool or City. Hey, but. I've been an Arsenal fan since 2009, and I haven't seen Arsenal win in Premier League since I've I've been a fan. But I, you know, I'm okay. For you for sticking it out. I'm sticking it out. I I I, I they'll can, win one again one day. They'll win one one nothing day. Nothing to worry about. And I think. I think if Fanger waits until we have a good coach and a good team, um, 
for him to leave and be easily replaced, then I think that's what he's building up to. Um, just because I think he he knows that his style's not working anymore, and um, just prepping the team for the next coach and waiting waiting until we have somebody to to step into his shoes and not completely tank. It's so tricky. So I it's I so can be tricky. patient because I have faith that he has the future in mind and not just the next one season. Except that every season goes the same way. But fourth place we, is hey, where the target is always Champions for League Arsenal. football. What they never won it. No. Has United? Yes, three times. When was the last time? Nineteen ninety nine, uh sixty eight and two thousand eight. Oh, touche. Two thousand eight. Hey, there you go. I remember that one well. I skipped school for it. <laughs> it's fifth grade, I think. But hey. Hey. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I can be patient. I wouldn't be able to be an Arsenal fan if I was not patient. Yeah, that's basically what comes with being a fan of Arsenal, but being a fan of our podcast is also something we admire. So subscribe to Emerald Podcasts. Do what you have to do to listen to more. That's all we have time for today. I'm Sean Meadow. And I'm Will Campbell. So you want to hear more stuff from Emerald Riders? Go to the Emerald Podcast Network, and you can subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or just go to the homepage, dailyemerald.com, and you can listen to it. We have a lovely sidebar on the right. Feel free to leave us a comment, whether it be on SoundCloud, the Daily Emerald. Can't leave it on iTunes, but tweet at us, whatever it may be. Let us know what you think. We need, na- we need a name. We need a name. We need a name. Soccer Podcast, out. <laughs>